Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Great, Russell. Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for this new day. We thank you for this new opportunity to come back to you with all our heart. And yesterday has marked the beginning of a new season of Lent, where we are called to repent, to reflect on our own lives, and to go through that journey with you in that 40 days of the wilderness, where, like Jesus did, we resist the temptations of our life, and we look at what is it that we can leave behind when we step out of this wilderness into that new season of Easter? What is it that will permanently be left behind? And which part of our life can we make incorruptible so that the new us, the new creation, will look behind and the old has passed away and everything else has been made new? We can move onwards and upwards on our journey with Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the grace that you pour into our hearts and into our lives during this personal time of reflection. That you renew our minds. You grant us that grace for that renewal. And you are always with us. You never leave us. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the peace and the joy that you pour into our hearts this day. Especially for the people in Brisbane here that are facing thunderstorms this morning as well. That despite the recent scare of all the floods and all the damage that it has produced, we are still able to renew our mind and focus on you. And likewise for people in other parts of the world that are facing their own challenges this day. We're able to stay still in your presence and we're able to focus on your voice, you speaking to us. This peace and that joy that you share with us, Father, the directions, the revelations that you give us, we want to share all of that with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and all those that are part of this praying family called by your name, the Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group, with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group, with all those that are called Christians and yet do not know you, have not encountered you, and all those that do not want to know you. Quicken them, Father. Let their eyes be open to see you, that they can make the decision to turn around and return back to you. And as we make our prayer this morning, we call on your name, the name of our maker, our creator the rabbi of all ages, the God of our salvation, our strong tower, our shield, the God of David, who always renews his mercy for us, the Holy One of Israel, the consuming fire. And we pray in the name of Jesus, your son, the rider on the white horse who leads us into the battle, the one who shall judge the quick and the dead, 
the one in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, the door, the bridge back to the Father, the Lion of Judah. When we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of El Shaddai, the one who reveals the deep and secret things of the Father, the one who made his tabernacle in our body and gives life to it, the same spirit of resurrection that raised Jesus from the dead, who quickens us and convicts us but never willing to condemn, the God who is ever patient, the servant God. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with dimensions of your presence through the Son and through the Spirit. That through him you reveal different facets of your nature and through them you reveal, Father, what you have mentioned in your word so that as we get to know them more, we know you most. The closer we build that relationship with them, the closer we walk with you in the light. We thank you that you have blessed us with a roof over our head as shelter this day, with food on our table and with every provision in life that we shall not be found lacking when you are our shepherd. We acknowledge you as our shepherd, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with family, with friends, with angels, with destiny helpers. You have blessed us with everything that we need. Help us take advantage of that, Father, through the wisdom and understanding that you provide us in your word. So that as we live by that word and observe to do according to all that is written in it, then we shall make our way prosperous. And then we shall have good success. We thank you, Father. And today we shall reflect on the topic of Lent itself, repentance. Which is usually considered a period of fasting, abstinence, and prayer. And as I reflected on it, I pondered it is probably a period of repentance and more so seeking God. That is what we should be focusing on. It is not about just fasting or abstinence. We need to look for a deeper purpose in it. And the only message that God gives us here during Lent, if we've paid attention, even at Mass yesterday, the readings were from the book of Joel where the message that prominently stood out to me was, come back to me with all your heart. So today we reflect on what is repentance. Repentance in short is a judgment on the past and a deliberate redirection of for the future. A biblical definition of repentance would be to make a change of mind of heart and action by turning away from sin and self and returning to God. Now this last part, returning to God is the most important part of all of it. All the rest can be done in the flesh, but the return starts from the spirit and it is a decision to be made to look at how far we have gone away from him. And for us to cut that gap by making an intentional movement towards him. What does the Bible say about repentance then? How do we repent? Now I've just put three major notes here. One, 
is acknowledge your fault before God and before men. Usually the one that would usually be the one whom we have offended, the man. And more often than not, these are people that are close to us. The closer it gets, the bigger the offense. And typically when we repent, we cry before God. But when you finish, when we finish crying, there is a responsibility. A responsibility to put an end to the cause of the iniquity that you have committed. To burn your bridges behind you so that you cannot return to that same mistake anymore. To take responsibility for your actions. And God provides grace. But it is up to us to accept it. And then through our will, he gives us that choice of two ways anyway. Take the path of grace through repentance. And we can exercise our will there or we can choose to ignore it and continue to go back to what we were doing and then relive the same mistake again. That decision is up to us. That is for each one of us to make. Number two, repentance is not worldly sorrow. It is godly sorrow. Let's look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 10 says. For godly sorrow that is in accord with the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But worldly sorrow, and this is what the Amplified Extension says, the hopeless sorrow of those who do not believe, that's worldly sorrow, that produces death. Then you can look into him, you can look unto him and not be ashamed it says remember it says above godly sorrow that is in accord with the will of god produces a repentance without regret you can live without guilt and what does this verse imply repentance can be made only as a fleshly act and then once done one can go back to the sin and commit it again and then we say sorry again and we do the same thing again. And the cycle continues. There is no conviction. Now is this happening in our lives? I'm sure we would, have, we would be able to relate to certain incidences where we have kept on falling, knowing that is a temptation. When we decide that there are certain things we will not eat or the doctor has told us it is not good for our health or there are certain other actions that we take where there are some things we like and we know that it is not right and yet we keep going back to them. If yes, then this is a time to go back to God. Joel 2 verse 13 says, Tear end or tear your hearts and not your garments. Let it come from deep within, not your outwardly appearance. Let it come from your spirit, from your heart, not from the flesh. That is weak and will forget it again in a moment. True repentance, if done from the heart, brings brokenness. You surrender it to him and there in the secret place you make a decision to not return to that sin anymore. That is when the repentance is complete. 
when we decide not to return to it anymore. We have to make that decision to not let that temptation corrupt us again. We become incorruptible in that area of our life. We need to hold on to that conviction. It is a big task, but we need to ask for grace for that. And when it is done in sincerity, God must show up and grant you that grace. Repentance is not about being religious. It is about coming under the government of the Holy Spirit so that he can direct your steps. That is where the conviction will come from. It is faith with works done, done with responsibility. Not just faith with lip service and then no effort put towards staying away from the things that brought us down the last time. Remember, James says, faith without works is dead. In the case of repentance as well, it has to be faith with works. And this is why most people keep falling again and again into the same trap. Repentance is the conviction that results in turning to the Lord. We can only complete it when we turn to him, we receive grace, and that's where the conviction to stay away from those mistakes comes. And so number three, that's what it leads to. Submit to God and ask for grace. Strength, ask for wisdom, ask for discernment to prevent it happening again. Whatever you must do must be with the Holy Spirit. Without his presence, that repentance would only be in the flesh. And the flesh cannot sustain it. For the flesh tends to sin. It is the spirit that tends to holiness. And so if you fast and he is not the sponsor of that fast, it will fail. It will succumb to temptation of food. In Acts chapter 2, we see that when the people asked Peter, men and brothers, what must we do? Acts 2.37. What must we do to be saved? And here's what the answer was. And I'll read the amplified extension in it as well. This is what Peter said. Repent. Change your old way of thinking. Turn from your sinful ways. Accept and follow Jesus as the Messiah. And be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why do you receive him? So that you will overcome through his power. It is not by might, it is not through your flesh, but by the Spirit. And then you will not fall into that same sin anymore. So how do we repent? Here's a summary. Number one, renounce the sin, the activity associated with it, the words spoken and the thoughts. Renounce it all. And then 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You must want to get away from it. Without that desire, your repentance cannot be complete. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Are we seeking to conceal or are we really seeking mercy? In that case, we must confess. Knowing that God is ever willing and ready to forgive and cast our sins behind his back and remember them no more. 
Number two, renew your mind to not go back to those. That is Romans 12 verse 2. We need to make that decision through that renewal of mind. To turn away from our mistakes. To change our old habits. Any people, places or any kind of activities that were tending to lead us to that iniquity. We must make a conscious effort to stay away from them. Yes, including the people. Do not give in to those temptations. Once we recognize that that friendship was only leading us to sin, we renounce that friendship, we turn away from them. We stay away from anyone or anything that will lead us to that iniquity or cause us to sin. Stay as far as possible from it. And number three, the most crucial step, return to God. Submit to him. Surrender it all to him. He will provide the required grace. Without him, it will be an effort in the flesh and will fail. Lastly, number four, turn away from that sin and actively resist that temptation. Actively resist the devil until he will flee from you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that each of us as we look into our own lives over this Lenten season, we're able to reflect on all those weaknesses, on all our areas where we have rebelled against you, on all the areas where you have spoken to us through your word, through your people, and we have disobeyed you, through whatever signs, symbols that you have used to communicate to us, we have chosen to ignore. For all the times we have broken your law, for all the times we have gone against your word, your will, Reveal to us, Father, all those areas in which we must make amends, we must make corrections. All the noise from our flesh that we must cut out in order to have that silence and stillness in the spirit focused on you so that we can hear your voice clearly. We ask for mercy, Lord, knowing that you renew your mercy for us every single day. And even this day, you are willing to give that mercy if we are willing to repent. We open our hearts to receive that grace so that in our process of repentance, we do not hold on to pride. We do not hold on to any thoughts that seek to justify our actions, but we come in total surrender. We empty out all ourselves in unto you, Lord, and we receive of your presence to renew our minds, our hearts, our thoughts, to renew the words we speak and to renew our actions that we must take in alignment with the faith that we release there in our place of prayer. So that we emerge through this period of Lent and through Easter as a resurrected person, a new creation a new life, leaving all that was sin and death behind and moving towards your light, your life, the life in your kingdom, a life that moves closer in image and likeness to Jesus. We ask for that edification in our spirit, Father. And as we pray for spiritual growth, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs. 
those of our family and our friends. For all the requests that have been mentioned on this prayer group, we pray in a special way for peace and for strength for the people of Ukraine and Russia. For your wisdom and understanding on the leaders, their father. That no more lives be taken. That the darkness that looms over their countries might be dispelled by your light. We offer ourselves and our faith to stand in that gap, Lord, and we plead for mercy. We pray for all those that are battling any kind of sickness this day. For every request that has been mentioned on this prayer group. That through the blood of Jesus, they are redeemed and they are healed through forgiveness. We pray for all families that are battling separation, that are battling any kind of disruption in their life. Where the evil one seeks to steal from them. We cover these families by your precious blood and we declare your love, your presence over that home. When the most high enters in, the most low must leave. We curse and we rebuke every spirit of separation, divorce, infidelity, any kind of disruption or disturbance in their life. We bind those spirits under the authority of the King of Kings, the name of Jesus himself. And we cast them out into the lake of fire and sulfur. We pray and cover every family that is part of this Brisbane prayer group by your precious blood, Jesus. We declare that as our hedge of defense, protection. And for each one, we put on the angels that you have given charge over them and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will and your plan for these lives, Father. Let those lives be directed to your kingdom. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of them and to keep us all safe from harm, from sin, danger, accident, pilfery, injuring, theft, hijacking, terrorism, or any kind of natural disaster. We command that angelic protection in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds as well. And we ask for your anointing, Lord, the yoke-breaking anointing over their lives from Isaiah 10, 27. So that every chain of bondage is broken and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. We thank you for that freedom over their lives, Father. And we ask you to fill them with your presence, that the house swept clean will not be empty, but will be filled with your word. Help us as we minister to any such person, that we minister faith and we minister your word, Lord, so that they are fed through your word. And it is your word and your presence that fills that home. We pray for all those that are seeking new jobs, all those that are battling financial challenges as well. That every new opportunity that you make available to them, they are connected with it through the angels, through the destiny helpers that you have given them. We pray for the needs of our families and our friends, especially those that are not yet saved. Quicken them, O oh Father, that they shall turn around and call on your name 
and be delivered and not end up in shame. This is what your word says. We stand on that word. We pray for our own personal needs as well. Father, we thank you that as we raise our request to your tabernacle, and as we stand in that gap and hold the horns of your tabernacle and plead for mercy, you hear us, you always hear us, Father. Out of your infinite love for us and your mercy, your eyes filled with grace, you are ever willing to give. It is not your will that any of your children should end up in the outer darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, but that we should all come to repentance. And we receive that grace today, Father, to turn around and to return to you with all our hearts. In every prayer that we make in agreement with each other and with your Holy Spirit who intercedes on our behalf this day, we believe, Lord, that that prayer is an answered prayer and we receive with our open hearts. I encourage all those that can pray in tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit, especially the gift of tongues, to release your tongue in faith and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make this our prayer of agreement in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shandapapapia, <laughs> <laughs> 
name of Jesus. Amen and amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'd like to confirm the words that Russell spoke earlier. Come back to me with all your heart. The scripture I've been given today is Ephesians 2, 1 to 5. And you he made alive when you were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit there is, that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among these, we all, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of the body and mind. And so we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loves, loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you opened the door for us. 
that you do not put conditions on us coming back to you. But all that you want is for us to come to you with all our intent and leave behind all that was corrupting our lives. We thank you, Lord. We also have a reflection that has been shared in the chat. This is from Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 24, where it is written, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Before we conclude, just a reminder about tomorrow's Bible study session. The topic is having a healthy self-image. And in this session, we will learn that it is God's will for us to have a healthy self-image. And he desires for us to truly love ourselves. We shall share links for people to join on Zoom and on YouTube, along with a brief program and times for different time zones around the world. We shall share a message containing all that information in our Telegram group. Please share that with your friends and family and invite as many people as you can. Invite at least one person and let that one life change that day tomorrow. For when they come into this session, it is the presence of God that they take back with them. And it is that word that is sown as a seed in their life that then starts to bring transformation. Let that transformation start tomorrow. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that chases us and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, everyone.